as possibly bleak as this. Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of Box to Box. Uh, I'm joined here with Max and Tommy, and we are ready for episode two and excited. Uh, before we, before I introduce them, how about that intro? Uh, our good friend and sound engineer, Jack, hit us up with a nice beat and a nice intro to get us all excited for those podcasts. Max and Tommy, what do you guys think? Ow! That's how I feel. Spicy J.H. I agree. Basically, I've been listening to that um, 24-7, tearing up every single time it ends, and then immediately running it back. It's great. Thank you, Jack. Pretty much uh, shared that sound with uh, my whole office at work. Um, so got quite a fan base going. Got them all excited. Um, all right. So first off, we're just going to jump into a quick mini recap of the two preseason games over the weekend. We had Chelsea versus Arsenal and Bayern versus Napoli. Uh, Max, what do you think of the Bayern game? Well, this was the first Bayern game that uh, we actually had the starters um, start playing, uh, even though it was for the first half. Um, they they were out here. Um, Musiala looks impressive every time I see him. Um, Bambi, as they call him, uh, looks like he's uh, you know gaining some weight doing the Lan Goretzka program. You know, um, but anyways, theme of the game, Cuisance is trash, uh, gave away the ball twice and Napoli scored twice. Um, so all in all, not a great start for Bayern in, uh, in the preseason. So it's nothing I'm too concerned about just considering it's the first game where the starters are back, but it is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely always a little bit concerning, but. Um, you know, they're, they're a strong team. I'm not, I'm not too worried. Um, I had a chance to watch the Chelsea Arsenal game. Um, and I think <laughs> it was a game of two halves. I think the, uh, most of the starters or more of the starters played in the first half. Um, Havertz scored a beautiful goal, uh, which I'm excited for. As I mentioned last week about him progressing and becoming better and better, he scored uh, a beautiful finish in the top right corner, which was really nice to see. Um, Adoy looked really, really good off the left wing and the left wing back role. Um, he had a few great dribbles. He had the confidence to take guys one-on-one. Um, he didn't have any very, very clear chances, but um, definitely looked good. Uh, Ziek as well. Uh, he missed a little bit of a sitter, but I think he has the confidence to, to move past that definitely, so I'm not too worried. Um, second half, not much to talk about. It was just Batshuayi and Tammy kicking the ball at the at the goal every chance they got um, to pretty much no avail. But uh, both, I guess that's expected when you have two two kind of strikers on the edge trying to, trying to get their foot in the door, no pun intended. Uh, Tommy, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I watched the highlights. I couldn't watch the game. I think, yeah, Tammy and Betrayal were just trying to get their stock value up or just trying to get into the team as much as they could. I like... Hudson Adoy at the wing back positions. I think that'd be, that's a great um, role for him, for him, especially with all of our 
attacking options. I think he'll find space there. And finally, I think last, even the first preseason game plus this one, I think Tammy Abraham is, um, he's not an incredible striker, a Chelsea level striker, but he's proving our need for just like a, a, a target man up top because that's where a lot of our, our chances are coming from. Okay, Tommy, that's a great moving point forward. Um, with the talk of strikers in mind and the need for a striker, uh, we're going to start off our first segment um, called Kickoff, where we're going to kick off and talk about uh, some transfers. So I guess Tommy will lead right into it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chelsea's current transfer situation? All right, we have three options. We have Holland, we have Lukaku, and we have Danny Ings. Now, let's think about it. <laughs> Holland is the young option. And basically all we got to do is pay as much money as possible because that's a once-in-a-generation once player. And we could go for him next year, but we're going to have so much so much competition going for him next year. Or we, what's looking more likely is in the recent days, I know it changes every, every other day. It's a different development. But what's looking more likely is we're going to go for Lukaku they turned down $100 million plus Marcus Alonso, but I think we're going to come back with maybe $120 million, maybe $130 million. And I think, to be honest, that could be worth it. I think that we need a striker up top, and Lukaku is one of the, probably the best second option under Holland on the market. Yeah, I think – I mean, I personally, I think we should go for Holland and just throw the kitchen sink and, and get him now while we can. But I definitely think – Lukaku is a great um, second choice, and he still has, I don't know. Tommy, do you know how old he is? I think he probably has um, maybe 28. I think he has He's quite a few. 28, 9. 29, so three, at least three good years, um, and I'm still, and then a couple more to kind of carry on the team. But I think he's, I mean, he was destructive at Inter, um, and I think he can kind of bring that same confidence back to his, his home club. Uh, and really run up the numbers. Um, what about what do you think about Jules Kounde and whatnot, Tommy? Max, what, what you got to think about Lukaku? Oh, I was just going to say uh, leave Holland for Bayern. Let that, <laughs> let that happen, let that happen uh, next next year. Lewandowski, or you guys can take Lewandowski from us this year. Um, I know those talks have died down a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Take Leva from us, and we'll replace him with the next striker for the next 10 years. Well, see, that's the problem, I think. The, almost the bigger problem about not getting Holland this year is the fact that someone else is going to get him next year. Um, and unless another generational talent pops out of nowhere uh, that Chelsea can get, they're missing out on an opportunity to get to get someone for five-plus years if they can keep him on. Yeah. So we'll see. Timo Werner is that um, guy. He, he, I don't know. Timo actually, Timo has been looking good in that left that left wing position. He had that assist to Kai over the weekend. Um, he played the ball a little late, um, but I think that's just. Uh, I don't think you can dig too much into that. Uh, his yeah. speed is just so explosive that he can take anyone on. I saw a stat today that. Um, in the last six years of the Premier League, the winning team 
um, had a goal scorer that had more than 18 goals, except this year with Man City, where Gundogan was top, Man City's top goal scorer with 12. So I think that just shows that like Chelsea has incredible attackers, but that wide dispersion of attack of goal threats um, doesn't usually win the titles. Usually, you need that top goal scorer, that that main threat. Let's and put Jorginho up top. Come that's, on, top goal scorer. What are we doing? <laughs> Put Marcus Alonso up top. Why, we, why buy a striker if we have Marcus Alonso? What are we doing, uh, Max? What about the what about the Bayern situation? Oh, you mean our our three transfers? Um, we've gotten Upamecano, obviously, for forty six mil, which I think is honestly a steal. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be great, and we touched on him a little bit in the last episode. But other than that, we've gotten a uh, second tier English player. Um, that we got in Omar Richards and then our goalkeeper that we've had for like 10 years and spent all right was basically living on a farm last year. So <laughs> other than that, um, we have not done much. And our president, Oliver Khan, today said that we don't need any other players. So I don't know what world he's living in. Um, and I don't know if he's watching the same preseason games as I am or if you watched the same games yesterday or last year, but um, I think there are changes that need to be made. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting point, Max. And I think that that mentality right there speaks to the the differences between Chelsea and Bayern. Um, Bayern obviously rarely goes up for a big, uh, big, big purchase other than Leroy Sané last summer. Um, rarely go in big, whereas Chelsea are always looking for those those top top sales. Max, what do you think about? that mentality about them not really going in big. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And looking at their top, um, top transfers, um, the most they've paid is for Lucas Hernandez actually. And that was 88 million, um, which was honestly a shock when that happened. And I think they were just really sold on him. But other than that, you were like right on the money. Leroy last year, 49 mil, Upamecano 46 mil, but then their other tr- highest transfers ever are Tolisso at 45, Javi Martinez at 44, Arturo Vidal at 43, Mario Gutsa at 40. It's like, you know, like these are, these are like, these are nothing numbers, basically, if you look at the Prem or even if you look at La Liga, you know? Um, and it's not necessarily like they develop all their talent. I mean, they have had Mullers and Alibas, um, but you know, they don't spend out as much as some of these other teams do. Yeah, I think it's partially a product of Bayern's environment. I think the fact that they dominate the Bundesliga every year, it's not as much of a – there's not as much pressure on them to have those big transfers. Like this year, Chelsea has to compete with Man United against Sancho, um, Liverpool getting back to full strength, and Man City always being a threat. So if we want to – push ourselves over the edge we have to have those huge signings we have to and if we don't we're constantly falling behind but Bayern I feel like has more leeway in developing like a young core developing um players for multiple years if you know what I mean yeah I I do agree with that but I will say I mean the the season is basically a failure if they don't win the league like they're winning the league is expected um and winning the Champions League is, like, really their goal. Um, and I think 
they have remained competitive in the Champions League and they do make these differences um, and changes in their team. They just haven't done it recently. And I think they're just, they're really stubborn and unwilling to shell out that type of money in this overinflated market. And something I wanted to talk about was, you know, Man City spending all this money like for Grealish. And in reality, I don't think they actually need him. They're just buying him so no one else can have him. Um, and that kind of kills competition because you have these world-class players. We've seen it in Mares. Yeah, Mares plays games, but for other teams in the Prem, he would be starting. He would be starting for Barcelona. He would be starting for Real Madrid. But because City just buys all these players up, half of the half of the teams on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why like City's team is so deep and they have so many players. And Chelsea's kind of the second place to that uh, style. And I think definitely last summer with the purchase of Kai Havertz, uh, that was, they wanted him, obviously, and I know Abramovich was a fan of him, but also it was the fact that they didn't want anyone else to have him. Um, and they knew they could get him that summer with COVID and whatnot. And so they took advantage of that. And so I think that is an interesting, um, definitely an interesting take on why teams, teams buy players. Um, I guess on a slightly different topic, Max, how many uh, players does Bayern normally get out of their their farm team or out of their uh, academy? Um, I would say so. Their their academy team is the Bayern um, two, and they have some kind of rule where they can't play in the second league, but they can play in the third league, which is where they play, and they actually um, were supposed to move up to the second league, but because there's like some weird rule, they can't play in the second league. But there are some good players on there. Um, Chris Richards, the young American, came up through that team, um, and he's actually going to be on the full squad for Bayern again. Um, but, you know, they do have some solid players. Um, but other than that, like, it's really it's really not too much. Muller, Alaba, um, that's – they poach a lot, honestly, from the other Bundesliga teams, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of – almost the rest of Bundesliga almost serves as their feeder uh, at some points. But that's, I was just asking because Chelsea obviously has one of the best academies uh, in recent years. And they've, you know, when Lampard was coached two years ago, um, he brought on Reese James, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, um, Tamori, probably another that I'm missing, Billy. Um, all these guys, Hudson Adoy. Um, but now it's interesting to see that a lot of these guys in the level below are on the chopping block, uh, possibly Tammy. We saw Tamori leave. Um, and it's interesting now, and I've just been seeing different reports of how Chelsea Academy stars recently um, don't want to be put through the whole loan system and go to 10 different loans because they know Chelsea is most likely just going to make an $100 million purchase for their position instead. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see those players rejecting the contracts and taking their position a little bit more into their into their own hands. Yeah. I mean, Bayern has obviously had success. They're a big club. They have to have success with their farm team. So Hummels was a farm team player. Alaba, like I mentioned. Uh, Thomas Muller, like I mentioned. But Tony Kroos, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Philip Lahm, like these are all like 
successful Bayern players and honestly heart of the team players. Um, so it's not like they haven't had success in their farm team, but they've also really had success just taking these players from other Bundesliga teams like Neuer free transfer, Lewandowski free transfer. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. They definitely, definitely use that to their, to their advantage. Um, yeah. So I guess, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens over these next few weeks. Obviously all these transfers are coming through, um, through King Fabrizio over these past few days. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who gets what, uh, or who gets who. Uh, but with that all in mind, uh, we're going to move on to our main segment and give you our Premier League rankings uh, for the 2021-22 season. Um, and so we are making these before the before the transfer window is closed. Um, so obviously, in our heads, these these predictions might change, but we're going to give it a, a crack a little early. Um, and so the way we're going to do this is just go through uh, one by one, first position, second position, third position, uh, or third place. Um, and so to start off, Thomas has Chelsea winning the league, while Max and I both have Man City. Uh, Tommy, why do you think Chelsea's going to edge it out? I think we're going we're gonna to get a striker. We're going to get a striker, and with our... I think it comes down to Thomas Tuchel. I, I have, admittedly, a lot of bias. A lot of bias towards this day. <laughs> you got it, you got it. I got it. But we have consistently, last three times we beat Man City. And all last full season, we have consistently proven that we can show up in the big games. And Man City has kind of fallen off a little bit. Pep Guardiola has like missed out on those big games. And all Chelsea has to do is improve their consistency throughout the season. And I think molding as a team and additionally getting a, a striker, which I think they will, either Lukaku or Holland, will, will will finally score goals. And once we finally score goals, we're not we're not conceding that many goals. I don't think Tuchel's going to change up the, the formation that much. We're going to control the possession throughout the, the season. I think we can edge out City. Um, it's going to be tough, but I think we can edge them out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with the comments about um, Pep not being good in big games, and he kind of changes around the lineup and really overthinks these games when he should just go with, like, his gut and what he's been doing throughout the whole season. But over a long period of time, so over the season, I do believe City has the deepest team, probably tied with Chelsea, honestly, but I think they have more talent on the bench than Chelsea and more talent in the starting squad. Um, and because of that, over a long period of time, I think they're going to they're gonna do the best. They scored the most goals. They scored 83 goals last season um, compared to 73 with United, 68 with Liverpool, and 58 with Chelsea. So I, I think, you know, 83 goals in one season and almost double the goal differential of the other top four teams – that's that's saying something. Yeah, that's definitely definitely saying something. Um, and I think, I mean, Max, that's why I do agree with you. And I think with these Grealish and Harry Kane rumors um, bubbling up, and Harry Kane not showing up to Tottenham training, um, I think he's back there now, but still is obviously causing a little bit of a ruckus. Um, assuming they get 
one of those guys that only adds to their massive roster already. Um, and it adds a top class talent. Um, and I think they have the experience. Um, they've proven that they can win the league. Um, and I, I believe, unfortunately, that they're going to do it again and edge out Chelsea. Um, so I guess with that in mind, we'll move on to second place where Thomas has Man City. Um, Max with the, the more interesting pick has Manchester United and I have Chelsea. Uh, Max, let's hear about your, your pick. Yeah, I mean, I, first off, hate Manchester United. Um, but I do think that their transfer market, and maybe it's not over yet. You know, they're looking at Kamavinga possibly, um, which I think they're really lacking a CDM there. Um, but Sancho from Dortmund, that's a great move. That gives them immediately more depth, if not a starter um, up front. And I do believe he'll start. Um, but Varane, for a seal, for a steal, like thirty-five million dollar, thirty-five million pounds, I believe, um, he's incredible. And I think we give Maguire too much shit. I mean, the guy looks like a fridge, but he's an aerial threat on set pieces. He was great in the Euro. He looks weird, but he's a good player. Luke Shaw had an incredible year, and I think. I think Juan Bissaka is the best defender um, on the right, too. And I think Bissaka gets a lot of flack for, you know, not being able to um, create on the offensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, Luke Shaw had five assists last year. Juan Bissaka had four. And Luke Shaw had an incredible year, and they called him the best left back of the year. But no one talked about Juan Bissaka with four assists, one short of Shaw, and everyone talks about how he can't um, send in crosses. He can only defend. Um, so I think, you know, United is having a really strong team. Yeah, for, for some reason, my Twitter is – I'm slowly, like, following a lot of Man United fans on Twitter, which I hate. I concur that I hate Man United. Let me, just, let me put that out there. Hate Man United. But, goddamn, I think they have a really good team. Um, a lot of the – the discourse on Twitter is that even though Juan Basaka is like, okay, going forward, they, people are um, starting to question his defensive ability as well. So I think they're going to look for another right back. Um, and then the Fred McTominay double pivot. What a like weird double pivot, but like it worked. They, they, with those two in the back, that gave Pogba, um, Bruno Fernandes, Fernandes. That's what all the all the announcers said. Fernandes. Um, we got Rashford and Cavani up top. That's a dirty top four, and they they can score a lot of goals, and they're dangerous dangerous team. Um, yeah, and Ole, as much of a goon he is, is just putting the right team out there every single time. He has a he has a good four two three one, and he's putting it out there, and. If you put a decent right back, they, oh, they have Sancho now. They have fucking Sancho. They're going to be an incredibly creative team up top. And if they put Kamavinga, they can put another player up top. They can just, like, overload um, teams. And they, they look incredibly dangerous. That's my two cents. Um, I hear all your thoughts about Man U, um, but I think I'm still confident with Chelsea. Um, I think they do maybe um, – United edges them out in certain positions with talent, but I think Chelsea has the deeper squad and I have more trust in uh, Tuchel than I do in 
Ole. So um, that's that's honestly why I'm choosing Chelsea. Um, I'm also see or I also can see them getting another signing or two. Um, Tom, you talked about getting a striker. We talked about that earlier. I could see that happening um, as well as looks like Jules Koundé is going to come through um, who can be that right-sided center back um, and fill in for Aspi, who's obviously getting up there in years, uh, but also who can still play. And so I think having all those different players who can play the same position, I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, but all of the depth in those attacking positions that Chelsea has um, helps over such a long season um, with Chelsea in so many competitions after winning the league or the Champions League last season. Um, I think that depth is going to help them uh, push through. Um, so with that, we'll move on to our third third spot um, where Thomas and Max both have Liverpool and this is where I put Manchester United. Um, so let's see if you guys can convince me. Yeah, um, obviously Liverpool had kind of a down year. Um, most people would say even though they finished top three. <laughs> which is incredible, honestly, given the amount of injuries um, and unfortunate events that the team had. Um, but loss of Wijnaldum in the center um, definitely hurts them. But I think this is um, somewhere where a player like Curtis Jones, and I'll talk about him later in the show as well. Um, but I think that's something where he can really seize the opportunity and, and shine for them. But the, uh, the addition to Konate in the defense – Van Dyke coming back, um, Mane having the worst year of his life. I don't think I can see that happening again. Um, that's why I'm pretty confident in you know Liverpool coming back and turning it around and finishing top three again. Um, yes, I can see that, and obviously they did have seemingly an off year last year, um, but I'm not convinced. I think Konate is obviously we talked about that last episode as well. Um, and it is a good signing. Uh, and I think it'll help stre- strengthen their defense. Obviously, their defense was in shambles last year. Um, and obviously, having Van Dyke back um, will be huge. Um, so that'll help them defensively. But I'm not convinced enough with Liverpool going forward to have them um, have that much of a difference this year. I think Mane was off last year. Why? Who says that's going to... You know, what evidence do we have that that's going to change? And then also, as far as the in- injuries go, this season really isn't going to be um, any less brutal than last season. You know, all these players were involved in international tournaments over the summer. So most of these players only got two at max three weeks off after having played 60 plus games at least. Um and so I don't know what was going on with all of Liverpool's injuries last year, if there was something with their training staff or whatnot, but um, I'm not convinced that they aren't really going to have other injury problems again, maybe not to the same extent, but I, I don't see that going away. Um, I'm going to try to convince you here. I'm trying to get you on my side. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, the biggest description between your, uh, yours and mine is that you have Man United over Liverpool. You have Man United third and Liverpool fourth. And I think that Liverpool is playing for Klopp. Klopp over Ole. That's my argument. Klopp is a manager that that team is going to play for. And that, that Klopp is the guy who brought that team back from what, eighth place over the winter break all the way back to third place. 
Ole and uh, surprised me a lot, but I don't think he has that edge that Klopp does. I think Klopp can turn a team and just like build a team around his identity over. I think Man United has the identity of Man United. But that's kind of dwindled. I don't think Ole is the guy that's going to bring that back. Okay. Well, I guess we have to move forward at some point, but I think we're going to have to agree to disagree there. Um, I think Ole's, Ole's proven that he can get them second place and third place over the past two years. So um, I'm confident with my pick, but um, continuing down the list in the last champions league spot, this is where Thomas has placed Manchester United. Max has Chelsea and I have Liverpool. Uh, so I think the biggest pick here is Max having Chelsea all the way down in fourth. Uh, we don't like to see that. What are you thinking? Um, I mean, my thing with Chelsea, as, deep, <laughs> as deep as there's... Okay, moving on. Is, uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. No hate. No hate. But um, I'm obviously rooting for Chelsea. I want, I want to see them do well. And I do think they will do well. Um, they have the deepest squad along with Man City. Um, and it's a long season. We don't know what's going to happen. Um but my biggest knock on Chelsea is I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Um, they scored the least amount of goals by like a significant amount um, amongst the top four that we've mentioned, um, at least by 10. Um, and it's almost, it's about 15 less goals than city. Um, they are great defensively and definitely have one of the uh, least amount of goals scored against. Um, but I think that um you know, over a long season, they might end up having a lot of ties instead of wins, which I think can hurt them uh, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a good point, Max. Um, out of Chelsea's current team, it is hard to see the, their goals increasing that much. I think Kai has the potential, but not to get a 20-goal season, um, which is kind of what they what they need. Um, but I think, the, I guess the difference is Chelsea, or Thomas and I are both, Baking on Chelsea making some signing. Um, and so I guess, I mean, that is part of our predictions if they're going to get a signing or not. But um, I guess we will see. Um, and then I guess moving on, <laughs> we all into the fifth place spot, which is the first Europa League spot. We all have Leicester. Um, I think I can speak for both of you. Leicester is a fifth place team. Um, they have the potential to go higher. Um, but unfortunately in the last month of the season, the past two years, they've both, they've crashed out both times. Um, and unfortunately for Brendan Rogers and for Lester, um, I believe this might happen again. I don't know if you guys have any additions to that, but that's my, that's my take. They just don't have the energy at the end of the season. They always crash out. That's all I got to say. Consistency. They're always they're always top three, top four, and then they let it slip away. I think it's it's almost a mental thing at this point. Okay, well, we're all in agreement there, so I guess not much to contest. We'll see if we we all get our bets luckier if we all are not geniuses, which is unlikely. Um, so then for sixth place, which is the second and final Europa League spot. Um, Thomas has Aston Villa, Max has Tottenham, and I have Arsenal. Um, I guess I'll go for Arsenal off the bat. Um, I think they really had a tough season 
last year and did not look particularly strong. Um, however, they did uh, come a little bit alive in the last half of the season. Um, and I think I'm hoping, or not really hoping, but I guess as far as my prediction goes, um, they've made a signing of Ben White for an outrageous $50 million, um, which should help tighten up the defense a little bit that is lacking and always looks all over the place, um, which isn't too convincing hearing myself say it now. But um, I think they might tighten up a little bit back there. And then I'm also, for this, banking on them, making another signing, um, whether it is Lautaro Martinez or Tammy Abraham or someone else. Um, I think they're going to make another signing because um, they are a club with, with money. They do have a big name. Um, and they're not going to be satisfied sitting mid-table. Um, I, I don't know what they were two seasons ago, two seasons ago, but they haven't really had the best past few years, so I think they're going to make the extra push. Um, Max, what do you think? Why do you think Tottenham, with potentially no Harry Kane, are going to get into the Europa League? Yeah, well, that's... Uh... That's the thing. Um, I kind of made this prediction not knowing Harry Kane was not going to show up today to, uh, to practice. Um, Too late. You put it in. You can't change it. Yeah. So, um, Hung Ming Sun needs to come up clutch and score 40 goals this season. Team on his back. Team on his back. Um, but yeah, Spurs uh, out here with their. Uh, fifth or sixth option uh, manager after they could get no one to agree to be their coach. And they had a bunch of problems hiring people. Um, I honestly think they could do it. They have talent on the team. Um, I think they could end up coming out um, as a slow start. Um, their new manager, Santo, um, he is kind of in a, in a poor position and I think they can start out slow, but hopefully they can, they can pull it together um, but unfortunately, we might see their reign to the uh, top six come to an end. All right, Tommy, why do you why do you think Villa is going to edge them out and get that last Europa League spot? I think Villa is an exciting team. Even if Jack Grealish goes to Man City, they just got Emi Bunduya from Norwich. He's an incredibly exciting player. I'll talk about him later. Um, they have Ollie Watkins up top. They have a lot of incredible wingers. Didn't they, they just get and- Leon Bailey? I think they did, yeah. Um, yeah, they. I feel like they have a strong. He's um, good. Yeah, they've they've just been. Uh, I feel like underperforming the last few years, and now um, they're just too too much of an exciting team to underperform again. So I'm looking for them to reach six, reach for Europe League spot this year. Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a similar um, thought in mind. Um, I have them in my seventh uh seventh position which is the Europa Conference League. Um and I think they are a good team. I think they have signed some good talent this summer. Um and I think they're gonna they're gonna push into those uh European League positions. Um Max has West Ham in his seventh seventh position. Um that seems a little bold for me um thinking seeing as I don't have Jesse Lingard anymore and haven't made um, very many signings so far, so I'd like to hear what you have to say, Max. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, no more Lynn Gardino. Um, the legend is gone. Um, but who's saying he might not come back? <laughs> but um, all jokes aside, uh, Yarmolenko 
the man's so old, but uh, still seizes to score some bangers like we saw in, uh, in the Euro and just carry Ukraine. Um, but, yeah, it all depends on, I think, if Declan Rice is leaving or not. Um, I know he's constantly swooped up in a bunch of different rumors. Um, I think he's a solid piece and, and runs the middle and final third for that whole team. Um, but I think there's some solid players on that team. Sushek is on that team. Um, but I, I think West Ham is an exciting team to watch. Maybe I'm rooting for them a little bit more um, than me actually thinking they're going to finish in that spot. Um, but I think they score a lot of goals. They do let in a lot of goals, but um, I think they can get hot and maybe go on a little streak. Yeah, I think Max said is, I mean, they are a good team. And remember that Declan Rice was hurt for a good portion of last season. So they are a good team even without him. Um, so even if he does depart, they still have a, a good lineup. Um, Tommy, we've talked about Arsenal a little bit, who you have in seventh place. Uh, do you have, want to add anything extra about that? Um, not too much, I think. I hope Saka has a great year. I think he's a quality player, and I think he's going to be one of their star players. I think they still have Aubameyang. They still have a pretty good. They have a pretty good core of players. It's just Arteta is not great. He just comes up when he's about to get fired with big games. Um, I think they're just going to sit around that seventh spot. Okay, so that does it for um, our Premier League rankings. Um, I guess we'll click, quickly touch on um, our relegation positions just so you all can can hear it. Um, I have the last three being Burnley, Brentford, and Watford. Um, Max has Watford, Brentford, and Norwich. And Tommy, with the interesting take, has Leeds, Burnley, and Watford. Give me, um, give me my 30 seconds. Yeah, let Bielsa, me hear it. Bielsa, Bielsa's teams are known to, to burn out. This is his fourth year at Leeds. They first year almost made it to the Premier League. Second, didn't made it. Third year makes it to the Premier League. They are gassed, and they haven't made that many signings. Um, Phillips, their core player, has played all through summer. I feel like they're going to burn out this year, and they're just going to they're going to start out strong and then just tank in the last part of the season. I think it happens in Bielsa's teams, and I think it's going to happen to Leeds this year. Um, yeah, we're running out of time, but Max, quickly. Um, I see that Norwich uh, Norwich position in 20th as bold. I don't think that's going to happen. I have Norwich uh, somewhere almost mid-table. Why do you have them down that low? Just you wait. <laughs> All, right, well. All right, a little foreboding there for the uh, Rashika, Billy Gilmore, Timo Puki, Timo Puki lineups. But I guess we will see. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us with episode two of Box to Box. Um, Max, Tommy, and I are very excited for you all to hear this um, and excited for next week. You boys have any outros? Danny, drink water, Ballon d'Or. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace. <laughs> See ya.